Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. Join us for chills, thrills, chills, and thrills as Jack and Earl and Jack and Earl have revealed their deep, dark opinions of Star Trek Discovery Season 1, Episode 7, Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go they, so they really missed, uh, they really missed out on uh, the gym. They're in the, not naming this episode. Uh, Magic made the Sanders man go mud. <laughs> oh yeah, people are going mud by the end of the, end of the episode. So there's another episode, I'm sure, of Star Trek. This reminds you yeah, of. I don't know. I mean, we haven't started oh. the episode yet. We, we did. We did start. Oh, we didn't. Okay, let's let's go ahead and start this episode. We're let's doing the preview. Remember, we haven't done. The... Uh, oh man. Uh, okay. What now? I'm lost. We're doing the credits. It's it was um, still only the recap, but for the teaser. Oh, oh, so we we oh, I forgot. So we okay. So that is that the format, and we, we introduce ourselves during the credit, and during the during the, the yeah. Let's do that. The teaser, yeah, go ahead. Well, we, no, please, okay. I feel safe doing that now, but uh, have sure. they should make a really really long 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 opener before the credits even happens <laughs> right for like 20 minutes like, like, hope they don't ever do that when or what if they what if the whole episode was a teaser and then they cut to credits uh, and then, then they, they cut right to credits and then yeah that'd be dope and there's like cut to, <laughs> they do the credits and then they'd be like no commercials no commercials on Paramount Plus ten dollars a month man pretty dope yeah yeah so my name is my name is Jack Jack, Jack Dorino. Jack, Jack, Jack who? Jack, Jack what? Dorino. Jack where? Jack Dorino is my name. Jack Dorino is my name. Yes, and I am Earl Grey. You are Earl. Earl Grey. Earl. Early Earl Grey. Grey Early, Earl. Early Earl Grey. Where? Magic to make the sanest <laughs> man go gray. Earl to make the sanest man go gray. <laughs> there's, there's this one episode where I remember like, runs out and he's like tell me the date quick but that's not this episode because that's all good things yeah that's but, the uh, that that's yeah all good the, uh, the last episode which is i think you're thinking of cause and effect is yeah, it's cause and effect that's the one with morgan Bateson from fraser and uh finally uh, we had lilith's husband no kelsey also. side sideshow bob himself kelsey grammar yeah yeah fraser that's he's from fraser he's phrase plays fraser on fraser and also on cheers when you go back from like, yeah, but you called him Morgan Batesman. Morgan Bateson. Yeah, that's the captain's name of the of the Bozeman. Morgan Bateson. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were, okay. Yeah, uh, so that's, yeah that's, a guy, that's a guy. He's all he's all those people all wrapped into one. Um, this is this this episode is uh-huh. wonderful. I gotta say, like this is, this is really my favorite episode of Star Trek so far. Like this episode. And so cause and effect. It's like they did cause and effect, but they did cause and effect without all the uh, like explanation and all all of the like all of the the let's figure it out part because like we've already done that before. Like let's do something like a little bit different, and it was fun. Like <laughs> like and we kept going back to a party. Like the whole episode was a party. Like woo. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean they they, they keep on. Uh, I guess in the twenty third century they still play beer pong and they have uh, glow sticks and raves. And wouldn't you have a rocking good time just partying out on the Starship, uh, Starship Discovery? Like, <laughs> I, that would be really, really dope. I, um, I'd wait for the Atlantis or the uh, Endeavor or uh, probably not the Columbia or the Challenger, though. You know, the, the, like, the Enterprise D um, was probably pretty pretty fun in its heyday. Like, they did a lot of coke on the Enterprise D, I think. I think that's what actually spilled out of the <laughs> on that snowball. 
because it was the 80s right so yeah like, but like, it, it so wasn't like, it wasn't coke it was generic it was just regular soda cola it was hollow coke so oh okay so it didn't it didn't get fat didn't get thin didn't get speedy it was just disappeared except oh. for except for when sonia gomez brought it somehow sonia gomez always make that just real and she would bring everything out of the holodeck with her and then spill it on you and just prove wait it. what Sonya Gomez, that, like, was it Sonya Gomez? Like, I don't know. I thought she threw a snowball. No, there's some kid threw a snowball at Picard or whatever. Sonya hey, Gomez just the uh, wheelchair guy again. Oh wow, we're we are doing Star Trek Discovery. God. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I I like the fact they brought a wheelchair guy on a couple times, but I don't think that we should call him wheelchair wheelchair guy. Yeah. Really, probably not. Well, did he say his name? I don't even know his name. You know. I, and there's Cyborg Lady. I, I you, you love oh, it when they call heavens. her Cyborg Lady. Her name is <laughs> Kayla Detmer. She is the helm officer of the Starship Discovery. Um, she is She's cyborg lady. Red hair number one, I think, is what she is because really <laughs> clearly red hair number two because she's the cadet, right? So I, I don't know how Ash Tyler is oh. not a cadet and is a lieutenant because it seems like he he's brand new, almost as he's like fresh off the showroom floor. But he was yeah. a he was a lieutenant. When he was captured, so by wait, the was, so did he? he was that what happened? His rank is oh okay, yeah. I, that's that's cool. Um, wasn't he a prisoner of war? Oh, I guess the captain was a prisoner of war. As yeah, well, it, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, wow. So I gotta tell you. Let me tell you something about these. Let me tell you something about these uniforms. These uniforms are highly configurable aboard the Starship Discovery. I don't know what the deal is with yeah. the colors, but. I do rather like the uniforms, and I don't know if it's just my eyes or the fact that I watched an interview where they talked about the uniforms and how they had to get this like special color of dye, like specially sent, so that it would show up exactly the way it appears uh -huh. on our televisions. Um, but I think that the huh. there it's, it's it was a good choice. Okay, you know, like it's distinguishable from like I, uh, anything else. Stamets is acting really weird. Well, and they never go back to the weird uh, dual uh, spoilers. Um, did they do this yet? This no. This maybe this is the episode where this kind of weird stuff happens. Well, what do you mean for Stamets? Uh, what's, what's the question? Oh yeah, so Stamets. Um, well, because I mean, he's been injected with the tardigrade DNA. He's sort of like outside of time and space, right? So I don't uh -huh. understand how that is because he's not outside outside of time and space any other time, but just a time when time and space are not functioning properly. So that means like he's, um, he's a fixed point in time and space. Like he's affixed to the um, mycelial plane. Is that what it is? Like, so, so ooh, it's although, space whales. although the rest of time and space moves around him, he's stuck tethered to the mycelial plane. So like when all that stuff goes haywire, he's still stuck um, in the right place. So then when it all evens out, he's back. Okay. So that, he's kind of like uh, Guinan a little bit. Uh, he's not yeah. Mallorian, but he's definitely mm. kind of super interesting. He, I wonder. He's already been I in wonder, the Nexus. I wonder if um, if um, people like Guinan could be affixed to something like the the messy little plane, where like they're stuck there, and time and space uh -huh. move you know differently, and then normalize, but they they stay exactly where they are, which is why when time and space changed around Guinan during yesterday's Enterprise. Um, and she knew that something was different because she was still tethered to the messy little plane or something like that. Are we doing Star Trek oh, Discovery? Oh, hey, that's an I think so. Here's okay. our space whale 
Oh, wow, that's so huge. that's a gormigander. Uh, the gormigander's are definitely space whales, and I I'm I'm curious as to like what happened to them in the future because we never heard of them. Yeah. Well, except I mean, how many times did we count encounter a junior or? Um, we did a, a gam two, but we never took them out of space. Like, if they live in space, why would you take them out of space? Does that like not kill them? Like, because there's suddenly a whole bunch of pressure on them that there wasn't a moment ago. Shouldn't that would that be a problem? Oh, that's a good question. Because like like fish experience like a lack of pressure when they're out of water, right? Yeah, I would. There are some would fish imagine. that can come from the extreme deep and they die if you bring them to the surface. Yeah, no doubt, sure. Because there's not enough pressure to hold them up. But, so I wonder, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure, and I'm, you know, uh, regular fish, I'm sure if you take them all the way down, they're going to pop because of the pressure as well. Uh-huh. You know, because there's like well, yeah, thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of pressure, right? All that water above you? Yes. Yeah. So what's the, what's the other question? Do we ever learn Lorca's first name? His name is Gabriel. Oh, wait, we have. Yeah. We have it. Gabriel. His name is Gabriel. So he, he and Michael are the angels, apparently, of this show. <laughs> Not to say that um, they never double down on that later on in the show, you know, because Gabrielle is very similar to Gabriel, and they just had to have the two angels in there, right? The two, the two angels happen to be Gabriel and, or Gabrielle, rather, and Michael. Isn't that amusing? Oh, you mean um, Michael's mother? Right. So was that originally maybe supposed to be... Lorca, and they were chasing Lorca around through time. Is that what? Um, that's it. Oh, that would I be interesting. No Maybe that's why they, he originally was named yeah. Gabriel because they were gonna have him jumping around the red angel suit, and then her jumping around to stop him. <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! That would have been neat. But they would have had Are to have Jason. Spoiling I, for us? I don't. Yeah, I think I am. I think. I think. It, I don't know. I think I, well, maybe I'll have to make two versions of this episode where one's spoiler free and one's not because I, 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 the idea is like, how do you not talk about the ideas? Um, without foiling the other ideas, you know. <laughs> but definitely, yeah. His name is Gabriel, and I, I love how okay. we keep going back to the mess hall, and the mess hall has like dancing party lights with different colors, like flipping all through the thing. Like it's pretty neat. I, I, I do enjoy the party scene. Oh. You, you so rarely see them on Star Trek, and when you do see them, they're usually very like tame and boring. Like there'll be like some light jazz. Some, <laughs> some, some, Starfleet, Starfleet musicians in the background playing like some like. Well, that's the fun thing like, about a prequel uh, is it's closer to today, so you can always uh, kind of connect, you know, today with tomorrow uh, by doing things that we recognize from today. Sure. They're in the sure wrong can. place at the wrong time. He had to catch up with them. I'm sorry, what now? What was that? I don't understand. Oh well, I mean. Michael knew to avoid those runners and the uh, other lady in the uh, sick bay gown, but then uh, Stamets wasn't in the right spot. They were ahead; uh, they were a step ahead of their uh, previous encounter. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know how he expects people to see what's happening. Um, I guess because he, he doesn't understand at first why, why, why ever. I guess mm-hmm. yeah, because he doesn't understand what's going on with him. He doesn't understand there's something different about him. Yeah, and nobody really honestly thinks no one's listening to him because no one's listening to him. It's but it's, it's the why. <laughs> it's, it's definitely the why. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember why they decided to beam it aboard. The Gormigander. Uh, it's I don't know. 
I don't remember that either. It's an endangered species that's supposed to take it somewhere. Yeah, they're supposed to grab um, that thing and take it somewhere to, um, you know, try to repopulate the species or whatever because they're they're nearly extinct. I don't. Huh. I don't really know. Oh, okay. Seems as if they've like originally they were supposed to go around it. So I don't. Uh huh. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Am I boring you? No, no, no. Just the, just the episode. Cause the episode like, is? Yeah, because I think when it was new, it was like one thing, but like going back and seeing it, like every, like everybody looks, uh, going back and how you've seen it, you know, after come you know a few years into this story, going back, like everything looks so young and so fresh, and that's great, but it also looks like not. Yeah. Um, like it looks, uh, you know, it seems like it's so surreal. To, it's kind of surreal to see it. It's like, man, this is like the the past. This is the mm -hmm. history, and it's so it's so markedly different. Like it's very very different than what uh, Star Trek Discovery is presenting today as a television show. You know, it's very different. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't even like Definitely. really describe it. It's a, it, there's a brightness to this that is uh, that's uh, not what they're presenting now. Although there's a warmness that is being presented now that's not fully at play here. Does that make sense? Hmm. A warmness? Yeah, like a warmth. Like, like a, I think it's like a, like a comfortable familiarity as opposed to like a cool, cool blue antiseptic space. You have like a warm, darkened, comforting. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't know if that's. Yeah. I don't mean darkened, but I mean like dimmed. You know. Well, there's a difference between laboratory and and home, and one of those differences is the lighting, you know. And this is very much lit as oh, laboratory okay. sure. and like a science experiment. And I feel like today's yeah. the, the Star Trek Discovery of 2021 is more. Um, <laughs> it's uh, lit like a home. Yeah, 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 very much so. The little creature that Mud has, didn't he? What didn't we destroy that when we were on back on the Klingon ship? Uh, didn't like somebody stomped on it, right? Oh, and, the like, bugs, yeah. The little, the little oh, bugs. I think oh, there were two of them, so oh, Lorca okay. only stepped on one. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't see any bugs yet, though. I I heard him, I heard his little friend, his little friend, Stuart or Carlton or whatever he called him. Oh, okay. It's yeah, uh, I it's 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 really treacherous and like intimidating. That mud has killed all these people. Like I, I can't, I kind of like leave that out of my head when I, whenever I think about this episode. But like, mud kills everybody aboard. Like a fracking second, <laughs> like real. Like he, he's like, coolly and like, gruesomely. Well, and, and he does a lot when. Uh, uh huh. There, have you ever played the uh, Star Trek the Twenty Fifth Anniversary? I don't believe so. Please do tell. Oh, he's in that, and he's just killing people there too. Yeah, was he doing um, that? But he's more like the original TOS mod. Was huh? he doing that in the original Star Trek though? Like, just walking around killing. What's people? that? Killing people? Yeah, like I. Well, I, I mean, he in for that. He was like the first Ferengi. Right, that's what I thought of him as. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, yeah. I mean, if if they were to redo the show today, I think they would have made him a Ferengi. That would, uh, I don't know. I think that, uh, I think he's really ruthless right now. Like, this version of Harry Mudd is just, like, evil, like a, so a psychopath. Um, he's obviously mellowed out. And 
by the time he gets to meet Kirk. Oh, okay. I got it. okay. Um, we haven't met. He hasn't met Kirk yet. So oh, those really two, ep- those three episodes haven't happened yet. Oh, okay. So that's totally different mud. This is like way after this. Oh, that's real interesting. And then he's like, well, I, yeah, you know, time to gain weight too. Clearly, clearly, and started wearing. He started wearing that hat with the feather and junk. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a vastly different mud too. Like so, you know. So originally sure. we had, uh, we originally we had the security officer. Uh, oh wow, what is what is her name? I, f- I forgot her name. Uh, what was her name? Rekha Sharma. Playing no, Rekha Sharma, the security officer who was who was the security officer of the Discovery. The we the one who brought Burnham aboard, and you know, was this, was the sideline the sideline and oh, thing, I don't you know. know. Thing. Well, anyway, we had an original yeah, series officer. Totally she got killed by Ripper, the the, the tardigrade, and now we have Ash Tyler. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So somebody did get killed by uh, the tardigrade. Yeah, yeah. But then also there was the the uh, U.S. Oh, this hasn't happened. There was a security officer from the USS Enterprise, but that hasn't happened yet. We're in right. season one. That's a that's a pair of so far. So my question actually was like, who's the security officer now? And is, um, and is it Reese? Like Reese, Reese has been there. How long has Reese been there? Has Reese been there the whole time? Yeah, Reese has been there the whole time. So he's a tactical officer. So what the fuck is what is what is Tyler doing there? What is Reese doing there if Tyler's there? Are they? I think like Tyler the was the security officer. Right. So what is Reese? Well, do? no. See, not uh, that's where people get confused. It just because Worf was both a security officer and a tactical officer doesn't mean you can't have two different people. Okay, so Reese is so Reese is tactical and 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 and, and uh, Tyler is security. Is Tyler. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Reese is just going yes. to continue to be our tactical officer. That's fine. So, all right. So now now it's explained to me. You know, I was uh I uh let me explain this this little bit this little racist joke that I came across the other day. You know, I, I realized that um Okay. Lou, the Asian man was in charge of driving the ship. Sulu. Yeah. Boy, that's funny for 1966. I tell you what, I'm sure that was a laugh. Why is that minute. funny? Uh, there's a whole thing about like Asians are bad at driving, sort of thing that went on for a while. No, no, dude, it's 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 uh it's uh women that are bad at driving, especially in the uh, 1960s. Wait. Uh, Okay, I don't know how you took that. You made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh. oh, that was that was totally. I didn't expect that at all. Uh, so uh, you know, be kind to your AAPIs. What I I've never heard anybody Sorry, say Americans. Asians are bad drivers. Oh, I've heard this all the time. You should watch Family Guy more often. They mention it very much often, a lot. Okay, yes, very much fun time. You should, you should marry, well, Family Guy mentions a lot of stuff. Yeah, they do, they, they do, and, and very, we're very, we're very crassly, very crudely <laughs> uh, mentioned everything pretty much. On There's the, the Gorn skeleton. Like, they may be very uncomfortable about things sometimes. Oh, I enjoy, I enjoy Seth MacFarlane's humor. Be, uh, be kind to your Asian American and Pacific Islander friends and neighbors and countrymen because well, they are your friends and neighbors. Yeah, and definitely. I mean. Asian lives matter, yellow lives matter, whatever you want to call it. Oh, I don't know if you do. Did you say? Hold on. Okay. Uh, well, are you black or brown or? Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they call themselves yellow though. 
Well, okay, so in the song, the Christian song, it's red and yellow, black and white. They're all they're all children in his sight. Who, who wrote that red song? Red is... I don't know. Okay. I mean, well, certainly please, it was probably... I mean, it's a... Please, please continue the lyrics. I'm very curious. Well, is... obviously, the black and white are evident. The the red skins are Indians, and uh, I mean it's probably maybe it is a racist song. Maybe it's a terrible song. Were the lyrics in the song? Well, like what were the lyrics of the song? They're they're singing about. Uh, well, I'm trying not to make religious references. It's a song about Jesus, and Jesus loves the little children. Oh, hold on! I think Look I know up this the one. Lyrics of Jesus this is like Jesus loves the little children, all of the children yeah. of the world. Okay, okay, all right, I got you. Red and yellow, <laughs> black and white. Oh, wow. Hold on. Yellow. I can't wait to look into the lyrics. This song, this song sounds incredibly racist. <laughs> no, no, it's not because that's the that's the point is that no matter what, Jesus still loves you. It's not meant to be, but like you, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can assign a people, assign a color to people like as their, as their like, as their definition. Like these are the red people, these are the yellow people. Well, Jack, yeah. Are you, are you black? You know what? Let's let, let me let me just go back to Star Trek because that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're, <laughs> we're not doing Jesus talking. Sorry. I, wonder, I do wonder about religion. Well, and how adamantly opposed to religion Picard has always been. Uh, is he? Although there are people today that are adamantly opposed. Well, yeah, because, like, the one thing he very much didn't... Well, he's always been, like, um, you know, the, this religion causes this, and this religion causes that. And then there's the episode where the uh, um, they beam the girl up on from the planet, and she wants to worship him as a god, and he's like, no, I'm not a god. Sure. You know, and he's very adamantly against the Who watches fact, the watchers? You know, and, and people... Yeah, what was it that... Yeah, it was who watches the watchers for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and you had that 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 interdimensional spaceship that was kind of half phased into our dimension and half not. The oh, I think with sort of the Edo. come to mind. You know, it was the Edo. Yeah, the Edo. Yeah, that's And you know, she he says, "No, you're you're you're." worshiping a machine this is a machine it's not a god and then she says like, oh know? well then since you have power over it you're a god yeah. and he's like no no i'm not so the character of picard often many more than once has uh depicted a less than favorable opinion on superstition and superstitious religions. Well, even on the supernatural, like he's even stone open disdain for Q, who actually is a god. Is he? Yeah, to find God. He can do a lot of things, but Picard always assumes he's got some sort of advanced. Well, no, I guess he could. He does quote. Yeah, he does quote Shakespeare, and he says how he expects one day humans could evolve into, a, you know, be at the ability of of Q, so... Okay, so yeah, he's just not... I mean, he's just not impressed by the godliness of God. I... I guess. But then, you know, of, of course we're not reviewing these on the day they come out. We're reviewing them years later. 
the little part where you know i mean there's been indications that pike is religious so i think it's just always you know every teach their own you can practice your religion but you can't let your religion religious life uh cross over into your public or your professional life you know yeah. you can't try to force your religion on other people but you can have you can as a starfleet chaplain open a church <laughs> yeah well that's the other thing they've you know that uh there's an episode of tos where kirk marries somebody in the, the enterprise 1701 has a chapel you know, I just thought of something. I wonder. Okay. I, you know, this relationship, this Tyler um, Burnham relationship, they got kind of sure. thrown together like really quickly, right? Yeah, it got, did kind of come out of nowhere. And they're, and they're, but I mean, I guess because they're both outcasts, is that what it is? Who found, you know, a place to, a place to belong aboard the Starship Discovery? Like, is that maybe the, this shared hardship that brought them together? Yeah. I'm not sure that I feel enough of Tyler's personality to be present mm -hmm. enough for someone who expresses emotions so deeply to connect with. You know, like it, it uh -huh. seems to me like it, like someone who expresses emotion as deeply as deeply as Burnham does is Tilly, and it, so it makes sense to me for them to be good friends or mm -hmm. like have a mentor-mentee relationship. But mm -hmm. Tyler honestly seems a little vapid to me, like he's not all there, so to speak. Vapid? Yeah, like he'd be more concerned about getting the the right pair of jeans than for whether yeah. you know they would last. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, on the other, yeah, but on the other hand, he is a Klingon kind of trying to feel his way and and blunder his way through these scenarios because he's not tight, quite fam totally familiar with how to be a human. But he's not in human he's, culture, and but he's still he's still Vogue. But not right now. Isn't he simultaneously Tyler and Vogue? Not at this time, I don't think. He he, I don't think he. No, because when they picked him up at the prison, that's when they inserted him. Well, just before, yeah. But he's not he's not Vogue and Tyler until Laurel does the head job with him when she do, when she like wakes him up with the words, and it doesn't quite work, uh -oh. and then she. And she does the other the thing Manchurian with him. Candidate. And she kills she kills Volk. So she like kills the personality but keeps the data. Okay. So she does the uh, trigger phase of a, a Manchurian candidate. Yeah. So, so yeah. As far exactly. as he knows, he is Tyler. Yeah, and, and and he really is. Like there's no there's no Volk in there. He doesn't know that Volk is in there, yeah. He has no idea that Volk's in there. Like he doesn't well, know that Volk's in there be... until until like things start happening. And he's like, "Oh shit, there's something wrong with me because okay. I'm some things are happening. And I don't know what's happened. I don't know what happened." And then I think I remember hmm. some things that I don't think I remember. You know, I'm supposed the, to remember the sheer audacity with which Harry Mudd enters this bridge is beyond words. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm floored every time. Like he somehow he walks into this place, like he owns it, and nobody does that. Like nobody walks into the place. Mm -hmm. Whoever, yeah. whatever officers it is, the captain, nobody walks into the bridge like that. I don't know how it is that he's walking or what it is that says that about about him to me, but like he takes it over as soon as he comes in. <laughs> Even though Saru is standing like he's about to like slap the shit out of Harry Mudd and knock him on the ground. I mean, I know what you mean by him walking in as if he owns it, but he's arrogant like that. He's definitely anti Starfleet. 
Saru's stance is, is as if he should be owning the place. Um, but he's not. The, I, I'm very curious as to what the, um, the little purple ball is. Because if I remember correctly, I, like it makes you dissolve. Play? Can't you tell? It is that he's Well, playing. they just showed it. Yeah, Tyler dissolved. So, like, what... Who made that? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, just bright purple well, energy. Who made a guaranteed flick. It's kind of the same technology, it seems, isn't it? Very similar to the Verante disruptor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm betting it must yep. be the same people. I'm wondering uh, if they all destroyed each other with those things. <laughs> yeah. Because those things are really um, destructive. Yeah. But it's clearly a uh, it, it's clearly a uh, D twenty. I mean, twenty sided dice. Yeah, or a D thirty four apparently. Because it's very smooth. D thirty four. There must be a lot of space. There must be a lot of a lot of sides to that die because it is is uh, it's quite smooth. D one hundred then. Yeah, it's got norbles and nubles and greebles all over it. You know, they they've added them there <laughs> because they they had an extra Greebles package, so they just added the Greebles package onto the, to the Cinema 4D model. Greebles? Yeah, you know, like when you do when you get uh you know when you go to like trackmeshes.ch, you can download the digital models and you can like import them into Lightwave or uh, Cinema 4D or oh, Blender or something okay. like that, a modeling yeah. program. And yeah. um, sometimes you'll get like if you're building something like from scratch in there, you'll want to get like some pieces and parts that are just like made ahead of time right so you don't have to like make these stupid little like circles and shit that goes on the hole you know like little pieces of of crap that sits on the oh, hole okay. you know what i mean like little pipes and little nodules and little bumps and borks and stuff so you just like go and get a pack of them online and they're <laughs> called greebles <laughs> and oh, that okay. little ball is covered with like greebles oh, and, and mashup chunks the uh Yep. The, the Gormagander, uh, the Gormagander um, uh, mat is pretty pretty good. Like I usually don't like it when people are standing next to nothing, and it doesn't, you know, and it's it's clear that the thing that they're standing next to is not there. It's really how annoying. Do you, how do you know that they? Because they, there's usually like digitally they could have built a model of it. Oh, oh that's and true. I guess over, they could have. Maybe it was a blue box, but then they overlaid it and then made it move. You know, oh, or fair maybe enough. they're oh, actually yeah. it's not really moving all that much. They could have done that with their bags and stuff. I, I guess they could have, yeah. And I oh, I don't know if they ever actually fully focus on it. Hey, there I go trying to give like props to the in focus. Special effects department. Yeah, that's true. Uh oh, so I guess we'll never know. Sorry, I thought you No, it's all good. Okay. It's okay. I mean no, I ahead, like give you props either way either way, man, like whatever they did, whichever way they did it, it's pretty good. You know, I, I gotta give props yeah. to to that department for for that stuff, and also to the like uh, to to the visual like what do they call? It? Is that a different department that like makes the sets? Um, that, oh, like, you mean the physical props versus yeah, the man, digital like, props? Yeah, is the is the set a prop? So like with the with the people who make the set make the props as well? I don't even know. It's a big the the the, the gourmet, gourmet gourmetander. Sure, it's a uh -huh. big prop, but it's not uh, it's not a part of the set because it's. Uh, not Stationary. part of the walls and the yeah. Gotcha. Um, but the the these sets are incredible. Like they're beautiful. You know, like all of the metals yeah. are are they're not even, probably not even metal to be honest. But they're beautiful. I think that, so. 
if I remember correctly, I read an article that told me that the entire Klingon bridge was 3D printed. Like so, all oh. of those like intricate artworks that were all over the place were were printed out of 3D printing machines, you know, on pla- on melted plastic. Um, which I'm hoping mm-hmm. they've done for this, for the uh, for the, like the the bridge set and the ready room set, because they look amazing. Sure. They look wonderful. I'm not going to say they look better than like the next generation stuff because the next generation stuff looked great as well. Mm-hmm. But these are very differently great. Oh. <laughs> they almost because oh. sometimes the plastic looks like it's soft, like the you know like the the, the walls of the Enterprise D looked sometimes. You know, like in Picard's quarters or offices, especially. Uh, this woman swallows this purple ball as if it's the most normal thing to do in the world and I it's the first time like he looks actually horrified like something has happened that he didn't like but like what if how did she know for sure that this wasn't the last time around and she wasn't just going to dissolve away <laughs> and then Samus was going to save the day and then she'd just be gone that's wild yeah you know huh but she figured out that they he needs at least some of them to do yeah. certain things that only they can do. Uh, so she figured out that if she died, they would have to start over in the timeline. I mean, yeah. If if he believes that she's the one that makes everything go, because the only well, the only person who couldn't eat one of those purple balls is Samus. Because he eats a purple ball and he's gone. Well, there are... And now oh, we can't fly yeah, the ship he's anymore. gone forever, you mean? Yeah, yeah, because he's the one that exists outside of space yeah. and time and can solve the, save the day. So he he eats that and we're out of the loop. Oh, so that's what he should have said. You know what, little, little man, eat the eat the purple ball so we can get out of the loop. Because that, that would have been his way of saving the day. And then we wouldn't have Stamets to worry about anymore. And he wouldn't have to worry about us anymore. And we could just give somebody else some tardigrade DNA. You know, like stick Michael in the middle of the ship with some tardigrade DNA or and she could be screaming and hopping around. And that way, the whole dream about uh, about uh, the screaming and the tardigrade and all that would be would make a lot of sense. Because it was just her future self being like, ah, sure, I'm tardigrade. Okay. I'm tardigrade, leave her. Help me. <laughs> no, too soon. Uh, sure. Okay, so. Yeah, the poor tardigrade. I'd like the tardigrade. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, well, you know, uh, he had to go. He had to go. He was, he was, he was dried up. Why? I don't know, man. Uh, I think that this uh, episode is really lame, and that we should just try this again tomorrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is actually a pretty good episode, and I just like have nothing to say about it. So I think I should just like go back and try harder, take some notes, and have some stuff to discuss. Because this is this is why. Oh, which episode? The mud the episode one, or no, our episode? The, yeah, our episode that we're making. Yeah. We're making you're right. talking. Yeah, I think you're not interrupting, or but you are talking a lot more than I am, and I don't have a lot to say either. Oh yeah, I, I know. know that's what the to thing. Because it keeps on repeating. The episode. The episode <laughs> is like 15 minutes long, and they just keep on repeating everything. Well, I mean, it's different every time. It's a so, like, shit they, show. Yeah, it is a bottle episode. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's literally yeah, bottle a bottle episode. episode because literally nothing changes after <laughs> this episode. Um, and this episode has like nothing else to do with the rest of the series at all. Yeah, no, no consequences. So, I don't know. Is that is that a is that a is that a bad thing? Or not I mean, necessarily. 
I mean, it's like but it's it really tells fun. That they're sh- saving. It, it tells that they're saving their budget for a really something really spectacular later on in the series. Huh. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. Um, Although they are kind of still doing some fan service with by having an episode with Harry Mudd in it. So it really could have been anybody. It didn't again, like it didn't have to be Harry Mudd. Just like you know, later in yeah. the series, it didn't have to be Spock. You know, like it, it didn't have to be Harry Mudd. The yeah. fact that it was Harry Mudd lends some depth to it, some some weight to it, I should say, because like you know, Harry Harry Mudd has more meaning than any other, any other like pirate you could find rolling around the the, yeah. the, the, the quadrant. Sure. So like yeah. it just you know like people, there may have been people who tuned into this just to see what 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 they did to Harry Mudd, you know, see how how yeah. they pulled off Harry Mudd this time. Um, yep, he's very different. He's Although very different. he was already in the show before, but well, yes, but yeah, that was that was really I think I feel like that was largely as um, a seed to get this episode done. Oh, you know? okay. Um, because he didn't have to be there. Like, like it, again, that could have been like any any prisoner who had been captured. <laughs> you know, it could have been who wasn't in uh-huh. Starfleet. Um, but I do like the fact that yeah. they used it and then went back to it. That was a good idea. Like, uh, that's I'm expecting to see that pattern here in the future. Continue with Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. where like they'll mention something and like have it there for no reason, and then that reason will be explained later, as opposed to like. It going oh, the other way around, okay. like like the reason, like that's the way they intended to I, do it with Rolaren. Like she's there to start Deep Space Nine. Yeah, it didn't quite work out, but yeah. the way they laid yeah. it was yeah. we're gonna have her here and then we're gonna have her there. You know, sure stuff is there. Yeah. You don't know why it's she there, and then just later appears in the show and she makes a couple yeah. appearances, but she's barely yeah. in the show at all before she goes to join the Marquis. Yeah, I'm betting that her time on Star Trek: The Next Generation made her not want to do. A full series, like full as a full time regular, because she wasn't like she uh-huh. she was in there a few times, um, and uh-huh. I wanted to see her consistently there, and she wasn't consistently there, and I'm wondering if that's like part yeah. of the thing about her is that she didn't want to do it that way. She did, um, you know, a, another show shortly thereafter, well, and it seemed to go well for her. We also but, have the uh, non Stamets engineer in, in the rest of the series of. You know, season two and season three. After we pick her up from the asteroid, so oh, Jet Reno. We know that actress just ha- doesn't have a, a schedule that she can do, and they have to be very careful with when they use her. Sure. So it could have been something like that for uh, the actress that played Rolaren. Yeah, I um, I wonder how fair that is for them to have somebody who can sort okay. of come in, from the perspective of the other cast members who can like kind of come and go as they please. And these guys have to be yeah. here every episode, even if they don't say anything. They're there for the episode, you know. Like uh, a poor Reese and yeah. Bryce in the back, you know, are just there. And some episodes seems they go by and they don't say a single word the whole episode. So how much do you think they get paid for that? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's plenty of episodes. Crusher is just in the episode just to be in the uh, episode. She doesn't even have. Yeah, lines. yeah. I mean, I guess that is true. There are some people who, for some episodes, are not there. Like I, I feel like there's been there were a couple of episodes where we didn't see Data, which is. I know crazy to say, but I think that there was, I think there, there was at least one where did, was there one that we didn't see data? I don't know. I don't know, but I know there was like a Jordy one where Jordy disappears for a minute. Ones where we don't see pressure. I'm sure even ones where we don't see Troy. Well, there, I mean, when, when we're role playing and stuff, I was always frustrated with being the chief medical officer because I've got to be in sick bay. 
you know, I can't leave my post, but how am I supposed to know what's going on? Why is McCoy always on the bridge? He shouldn't be on the bridge. He needs, he is one of the only medical officers on that enterprise. Why is he not in sick bay? Sure. I mean, other than the fact maybe there's nobody in sick bay and there's nothing for him to do, but, you know, but then people want me to play the doctor and then expect to know what's going on up on the bridge. It's like, no, my character wouldn't know that. Well, why? Why would he? He wouldn't like get a report or something, like letting him know the status of things so that he can be prepared for like incoming casualties if need be. Well, no, that's why they have to call down to the sick bay and say, "Hey, sick bay, be ready for casualties." Okay. They don't know why to be ready for casualties. They don't know. Yeah, we're encountering uh, the Romulans or something, and they're they're sending us people. Or whatever. Yeah, but gotcha. they don't know what's going on. They just know to expect casualties. They yeah. just don't know why they're there. And that's why I would ask questions myself like, uh, well, what kind of injuries should I expect? Well, you know, we were in a battle. Oh, okay. So I'll expect, you know, Klingon stab weapons and uh, uh, phaser burns. Cause so I can better prepare, have more uh, burn cream ready than, than have. Uh, uh, cancer chemotherapy ready, you know. Good. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's uh, she's great in that uniform and all that. She's awesome. Who's that? Uh, this Burnham character. Oh, okay. Like she goes it's, walking through uh... the hall. <laughs> she's walking through the through the corridors like she's a supermodel. Like she's like just like. Back up to like <laughs> like the end of this episode, like as she's walking down the bridge, and there's just yeah. like this moment where she's just like supermodel walking down the corridor, like like she's on a, okay. like she's in a show, which she is, I guess she is. In a show, <laughs> so, so there's that. Yep. Um, I think uh, so. I think that's uh, our uh, our episode was... right now. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I was gonna say that was yeah. magic to make the sanest man go was mad. It? Was it magic to make the thing? I think it was just us randomly talking about things that were largely unrelated <laughs> to the episode. Um, There's a heavy deal of editing, uh, and I'm sure this episode ended up, ended up being about 20 minutes long with a few clips in it. Um, and that's that's what we do these days, guys. But I promise, you know, we'll, we'll get better. Our show's going to get better. Just listen to listen to season three. Yeah, I don't know. Man, our first season. Yeah, it's our first season, man. We got all kinds of time. Our, this Wait. is our first season. This is our seventh episode. It's our seventh episode. Our well, yeah, yeah. well, eighth, I guess, because you got to consider the episodes, first one. Yeah, episode zero. But, yeah, for uh, us, yeah, it was yeah, episode zero. There's, yeah, so, so, we're still practicing, dude. Uh, so, so next episode is Star Trek Discovery season one, episode eight. It's called Sivus Passum Parabellum. Which means it's Latin. It means uh, if you want peace, prepare for war. Get your guns ready. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, Thanks so. for doing that. I had, I had fun, and don't forget, uh, you know, I mean, if you are enjoying our show, you should go and and haven't seen Star Trek Discovery yet. You should definitely check that out on and Paramount Plus. Yeah, listen, like if you if you aren't paying the the at least like ten dollars a month for Paramount Plus. 
then like consider like you're putting ten dollars towards Star Trek per month, like to, to make sure that they're bringing you more good stuff. Like it's awesome. Like yeah, I'm very proud to put down my ten dollars a month, and they will give me four Star Treks a month. And if if they don't give me those four Star Treks a month, they'll give me all of the rest of them available <laughs> the entire month as well. So, you know, yeah, I can watch it exactly. on my phone, and I can watch it on my TV, and I can watch it on my laptop, and I'm overjoyed about it. You know what it has? There's the good fight. The good fight is actually like really, uh, it's actually really funny. It's 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 like high-minded like uh, political humor, but it's funny as shit. Um, and uh, and Young Sheldon, of course, the continuation of the Big Bang Theory, which is pretty good. Well, and and Young SpongeBob too. There's Young SpongeBob. Yes, there's that guy. <laughs> is, uh, I don't think that's the name of the show, but yeah, but we definitely, I definitely watched a few episodes of that show, and I was like, is this Young SpongeBob? Because that's totally what that show is. Yeah. Smart. I can't wait to see you next time when we do Star Trek Discovery Season 1, Episode 8, Seabus Possum Parabellum, which I pulled. If you want peace, prepare for war. And as far as signing off, I'm going to wish you a carpe diem. Uh, oh, seize, seize, seize this day. You know what I mean? All right, have a great one. Goodbye. Support the continued making of this show through Patreon.com. Let's Talk About Treks is a production of Anodyne Relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at letstalkabouttreks.com. You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at Trekstalkers, and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kakos Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay.